Welcome to the Summit for Wellness podcast, where we help you climb to the peak of your health. And now, here is your host, Brian Carroll. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 52 of the Summit for Wellness podcast. I'm your host, Brian Carroll, and today's episode is brought to you by Thrive Market, which is the largest online retailer of natural food products that is all at wholesale pricing. So instead of going to the store and paying the ridiculous markups on healthy food options, you can just order directly from Thrive Market and it will arrive right on your doorstep in just a couple days. So if you want to learn more, go to summitforwellness.com slash thrive. Now I have a question for you. Did you know that over 45 million Americans go on some sort of diet every single year and about 95% of those people cannot maintain whatever it is that diet has achieved for them, whether it's um, results that they've gotten or to be able to continue eating that way uh, for a longer period of time other than just a couple of months. Now, those numbers are pretty significant And it really shows us that there is some missing component to dieting that most diets are missing out on. And that is going to be part of the topic of today's podcast because we are going to talk about intuitive eating and how we have lost our touch with our body to understand what exactly our body needs in the foods that we are eating. So I brought on Katie Garces to talk about her own struggles with dieting and her own struggles with food and how that taught her what it meant to start listening to her body to understand the foods that she actually needed to provide her body to be able to be successful and to get the results that she uh, wanted to receive and keep with the foods that she was eating. So let's dive into my conversation with Katie Garces. Katie Garces is a nurse practitioner and certified nutritional therapy practitioner. She blends her professional background in traditional healthcare, wellness, and nutrition with her passion for the healing power of spiritual wholeness for women and men across the country. Katie examines how our spiritual and emotional barriers have a direct effect on our relationship with our bodies. Her coaching and online programs utilize concepts of intuitive eating, intermittent fasting, and real food while working to achieve a grown-up and empowered approach to life balance so her clients will live lives that feel sexy, spiritual, and sane. Thanks for coming on to the show, Katie. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about some of the the intuitive eating principles that you've been talking about. So before we get into that, let's dive into your background a little bit and talk to us about your journey becoming a, a nurse practitioner and a nutritional therapy practitioner. Absolutely. Yeah, I um, went to undergraduate for nursing. I did some a couple years of ICU nursing, went back to grad school, got my nurse practitioner, did that whole jam for many, many years. And I really loved it. Um, When I after I had my kiddos, though, I got well, I've always been really interested in nutrition and health. But after I had my kiddos, I just really dove into it. That was kind of the the um, height of paleo exploding onto the scene. And I was just fascinated with it because my 
my nutrition background was always the low fat, non fat, you know, um, all of that sort of fat phobia we had all all been raised with in the 80s, 90s. Um, so I was just fascinated by the idea of real food being healing and being healthy and that we could eat fat without getting fat. And just, it really blew my mind. So it was kind of a full-time hobby and I decided to make it, you know, my real, my, my real-time gig. So I went back to school, got my NTP and started my business. And that was about Four and a half years ago, um, I started out, uh, initially my business was called Green Plate Kate, and I was really pretty much 100%, you know, paleo coaching, did a ton of Whole30 coaching, learned a ton from that, but through my own personal nutrition journey, as well as what I was seeing a lot with my clients, um, realized there's a lot more to it than just a yes-no list or a really strict 30-day challenge, and that that started me peeling my own onion layers, if you will, as to kind of what's what's going on underneath some of our eating behaviors and um, food behaviors and dieting and all that jazz. And um, so I, um, that's really where my focus has been. And that brings a lot of other components into the pictures, a lot of more holistic components, um, mindfulness and even spirituality. Um, so I, because I was so much more than just food, I rebranded to katiegarsis.com. And so now I, I really do life, spiritual, and wellness coaching with a strong nutritional um, foundation, because I do believe that's obviously very, very important as well. So it has been a journey, and it is definitely an ongoing journey, but I think that's kind of what, what makes it beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, and let's dive into your own struggles a little bit with uh, food because a lot of people look as practitioners as these perfect people that have the perfect diets, but that's not necessarily true. So I think a lot of people could learn a lot just from hearing your own struggles with food and how you thought of food when you were eating it. Right, right. Um, well, I am one of those people who's kind of been a life lifelong dieter ever since I can remember. I was dieting and trying to just lose a little extra weight, even though I, I really didn't have extra weight to lose. Kind of always looking for that magic pill. Um, and then oftentimes finding myself emotionally eating or overeating even just because I had restricted so much in whatever diet it was that I was trying at the time or trying to like feel better from the constant disappointment or feelings of failure that I had around dieting. Um, when I discovered paleo and the real food framework, I like I said, I was so excited about it. And for me and for a lot of people, paleo or whatever, you know, sort of diet framework they're they're trying at the time works really well until it doesn't work anymore. And so for me, when I, you know, embraced paleo, I, I really leaned out and I felt amazing. But I tended to take things a little extreme. So I was super low carb and I was crossfitting five days a week. And like I said, it worked until I didn't. And I managed to exercise and diet myself right into um, adrenal fatigue. And that was kind of a time where I had to just really step back and say, okay, because it was out of my control. And so kind of recovering from that and still trying to find what is it? What, what's the perfect thing for me? Um, it wasn't until about a year, a little over a year ago, that I just said, you know, I'm really tired. <laughs> I am really tired of this. You know, they say, you know, doing the same thing over and over, expecting the same different results is the definition of insanity. And I felt like I've, I've been doing this for 20 years. Like I have to find out what's underneath this and I have to release all these diet frameworks. And I think for, you know, any of the nutritionists out there listening, 
it's, it can be really confusing because when we go to nutrition school and we read all the research and all the books and we're like, oh, yeah, like we totally get on board with it. And then the very next class, we learn something completely contradictory <laughs> and we're like, oh, yeah. And so I came out of nutrition school completely confused. I didn't know up from down. Um, so there was just a lot of confusion there. And like I said, after many, many years of this, I got to a point of just exhaustion. And I realized I had to just kind of let it go and start to trust my body. And I had heard about intuitive eating for years. I read about it. I was like, hey, yeah, that's awesome. Go you. But not that's not for me. It felt scary to me because I, I didn't know what life would look like outside of a framework or plan that was telling me what I should and shouldn't be eating. Um, so it was really scary. And it usually is scary for people to kind of step out into that unknown, if you will. However, like I said, I was just, I was done. I was done dieting. I was done with the roller coaster. I was done with the extremes, you know, either being eating super, super clean or, you know, having a, like a bender weekend or whatever, food and drink and all the things. And so I'm, I'm like, I have to find this gentle middle and that's a much more peaceful place to live. So, so I dove in and I have been really happy with intuitive eating for myself and my clients. And I kind of feel like it's this almost this hidden secret <laughs> that I wish everyone could could at least learn about and potentially, you know, embrace. And the funny thing is, is that it's actually how we were made to live and made to eat. You know, we, we were given intuition. We were given body cues for a reason. And we've just kind of forgotten how it is, how to listen to them and what to do with them, because we're so used to following plans and books and recommendations and things like that. So what's so natural to us or what should be so natural to us has turned into this um, scary unknown place. And so that's what I try to help people navigate and learn and embrace. So in there, you had mentioned that at some point you brought yourself to adrenal fatigue, which in our last episode with Cynthia Thurlow, we were talking about HPA access dysfunction and adrenal fatigue. So I'm wondering how long did it take you once you realized that you brought yourself to exhaustion to be able mm -hmm. to pull yourself back out and be able to have your energy back and function? I would say it was a good year. And probably because I really didn't want to admit what was going on at first. Um, I, you know, I was like, well, if I'm, you know, crossfitting too much, then I'll just start a different exercise regimen. So I started orange theorying too much, you know, so it really took me a while to even kind of accept that I was at a place where I really needed to rest and recover. And once I did, and that was really, truly having to come to a place of real surrender, um, I was able to begin healing. And, you know, I would say that whole from sort of determining that I was there to, to really feeling my best again. It was about a year, nine months to a year. So it's it's serious. And that's why I really tell people, like, take, take care of yourself. Pay attention to what's going on. I mean, I was learning about adrenal fatigue in nutrition school as I was, you know, crossfitting too much and eating too low carb and, you know, starting my business, going to school, still working. I mean, I was like, oh, well, that happens to other people. That won't happen to me <laughs> until I literally couldn't get off the couch one day. So... It's real, and we just have to really be in tune and give ourselves the rest and the recovery that our body is asking for. Yeah, and to be patient with it, too, and allow it to take the time that it needs to uh, get to where it needs to be. So let's dive into the intuitive eating a little bit more. Can you talk about what it is and what were the initial steps that you took to start following this intuitive eating uh, process? 
Sure. So intuitive eating is really, like I said, it's very natural for us. It's the way we were sort of wired to, to eat and live. Um, an intuitive eater, I like to say, is somebody who, who makes their food choices without guilt, without dilemmas, who honors their hunger, who respects their fullness, and who actually seeks and enjoys pleasure from eating. So a lot of us have made eating this really stressful thing, you know, from a yes, no list to weighing our food to, um, you know, it's, it's stressful. It, it has come so far from, you know, enjoying pleasure and you know, seeking those things from food. Um, so that's, that's kind of what I like to call an intuitive eater. If you think about it, animals intuitively eat, kids for the most part intuitively eat. And I think we've just been so inundated with, um, you know, news articles and books and podcasts and blogs. And, and, and I do want to say there's a time and a place for all of that stuff. And it's super important that we educate ourselves to how to be healthy and how to eat and live healthily. It's just when we get to that place of almost information overload to the point that we don't even know how to listen to what our body's asking for, that we get into little trouble. So I like to say there's, you know, a time and a place for information and fact finding and seeking expert opinions. And then there's a time and place for what I like to call just body wisdom, for just getting back into our body, listening to what is going on, what our body's asking for. Is it asking for rest? Is it asking for more carbs? Is it asking for more fat? Whatever that may be, despite what your latest, you know, diet framework says you should be doing, or despite what your best friend is doing and she managed to lose 20 pounds, or despite what your coach is doing, you know? So it's really trying to get back in touch with what your body's asking for, honoring that, not feeling guilty about it, and and kind of going from there. And I think we don't give our bodies the, I don't know, almost sometimes the appreciation that they are dynamic changing organisms, right? We are different day to day. For women, we're very different week to week with our hormones. If you think about different times in our life from, you know, being a, even like an infant to a toddler, to a teenager, to a pregnant person or a training athlete, the needs of our bodies are drastically different during those times. And so, like I said, if something worked for you at one point, great. But if it stops working for you, acknowledge that, recognize that, don't force it. Or if you find a, you know, a framework that you love, but there's one piece that just doesn't seem to jive with your body, but you're forcing yourself to do it just so you can be like on point with the diet, that, that's just silly. You know, you got to really say, okay, what's working for my body? How do I want to feel? Is this serving me? Is this getting me to the way I want to feel? And if not, how can I change it? There's no diet police out there that's going to say, hey, you know, you're not doing this component of, you know, this diet, so you better, you know, so you fail. It's really about what can I, how can I live, eat, move, sleep, all of those things to feel the way I want to feel. So does that, does that answer that? I kind of went, kind of went tangential. Yeah. And I, I like one of the things that you mentioned there with the dynamic changing organisms, because mm -hmm. like you said, so many people, they go onto a diet and it's like, beating a hammer against your head, even though you don't feel good, you want to stick to that diet and they just keep going with it. But every day is different, especially for women with their hormonal cycles. Every single day, their body needs some something different, different nutrients, different uh, macronutrients, whatever it is, to be able to handle those hormonal changes. So I love that you mentioned the dynamic changing organisms there. Right. So... My question is, because we 
are so dynamic. Why do you think people get so caught up in following a specific diet or following a plan or following the eat this, not that type of mindset instead of trying to learn how their body is supposed to feel and eat? Right. I think for some people, for a lot of people, and this is totally normal and natural, when we are confused or overwhelmed with information or unhappy with the state of our you know, body or our health, of course, we're going to latch on to something hard and fast, black and white that says, do this and you'll get this result, right? I mean, that's, we, we, we latch onto that when we're feeling, when we're coming from a place of uncertainty or unhappiness. So, and I, like I said, it's okay to do that to some extent, um, but there's not one person who can do one diet plan 100% perfectly 100% of the time. Um, we're all going to respond differently. And it's, I feel like when people quote fail, um, they tend to like just go off the rails, right? They're like, oh, I screwed up. I might as well just eat everything bad because I had one, you know, I, I went off plan for one meal. And so I'm just going to, I'm totally off plan. Right. And then the pendulum swings. Um, we feel worse about ourselves. We feel guilty. Um, and sometimes we even over restrict more, we'll restrict more calories or we'll exercise more. And that's really why diets are basically proven not to work. It's like classic diet cycle of restriction leads to breaking the rules or overeating more guilt and shame, more overcompensation and restriction. And so that's why it's just that cycle. Um, but I feel like, especially in our society, it's what it's what everyone does. And everyone is always looking for that next magic pill, that next magic fix. And so that's kind of why I call it the great unknown or the wild, wild west. When we step outside of those confines, it's scary. And even people are like, oh, you don't, you don't follow paleo or you don't follow veget. You know, everyone has, it's almost like that's what we, how we define ourselves or identify ourselves. A lot of us, right? Like, Oh, I'm a so-and-so or, and so it's, it's kind of this weird place where we have to just make it our, make it our own thing and appreciate that our body is going to need different things at different times and that that's okay. And so when you are working with intuitive eating and your body needs different things at different times. How do you teach someone whether it's something that they need or if it's just a craving, if you know what I mean there? Right. So there's definitely a difference between sort of like I need more carbs versus I'm just craving things, right? I'm craving carbs because it's emotional or because I got in a, um, you know, a fight with somebody or I'm depressed or whatever it may be. And so that's definitely something I work on with my clients is helping us, how, how, how do we differentiate that? And it gets tricky because the fact of the matter is, is that food is emotional and that's totally fine. Food is emotional, it's, it's great. We use it you know, to celebrate, we, it makes us feel good. Food is emotional and that is fine. The problem comes when we begin to use food regularly to sort of fill the voids or the holes in our life. So if we're feeling lonely or if we're feeling you know, upset on a regular basis and filling that hole with food, then we're going to get into trouble with um, just overeating and eating for the wrong reasons. So it's recognizing the difference between am I really hungry or is something else going on? And so I teach a lot of, you know, cues like always, always take a couple deep breaths before you eat. I mean, that's any nutritionist will tell you to do that just to drop into that rest and digest phase anyway, but to actually really check in with your body and be like, is I am, is, am I needing something else? Is it actually food? And if it is great, go for it, you know, enjoy your meal. If it's not just taking that moment or two and be like, what could it be? 
right? Do I need to ha seek comfort elsewhere? Do I need to pick up the phone and call <laughs> my mom or my best friend? Do I need to, you know, one of my favorite things to do is turn on music. I mean, music can be so healing and it can raise your vibe and it can just, it can just take you to a, another level in a good, healthy way. So it's kind of finding those things that can give you pleasure without immediately turning to food. And I think another important thing is to really get in touch with our hunger and fullness sensations. Because a lot of my clients come to me and have no idea, they don't remember what it's like to feel hungry because they're eating all the time or they're constantly grazing. Um, and so getting back into touch with our hunger and fullness sensations, those are really important physiologic cues. They're, they're part of our makeup for a reason. And if we can begin to recognize when we're actually hungry versus, oh, this is an emotional craving. And when we're actually full, meaning I can stop eating now, I don't have to clean my plate or I don't have to finish this or I'm not eating in such a mindless manner that I don't even realize how much I've eaten. So just really getting back in touch with our hunger and fullness sensations can also help us when it comes to um, knowing the difference between am I really hungry versus is this emotional thing? Is this an emotional thing? And then I just want to also add that, like, if you do say, you know what, yeah, this is an emotional thing, and damn it, I'm going to eat anyways, my biggest, biggest, if you don't take anything else away from this, is that that's okay, too. And every time you go to eat is a new, is a basically a chance to start again. So if you had a, if you overate or you ate emotionally and you're beating yourself up about it, that's where we get into trouble. That's that slippery slope of when people tend to spiral. And like I was saying, oh, I already ate, you know, I ate ice cream last night, so screw it. I'm going to eat, you know, crappy all, all week. So I always say, like, even if you have what you would determine not to be the healthiest choice or you overate, all you have to do is start again. Every opportunity to eat is an opportunity to choose differently. And if we can avoid those spirals that a lot of us have gotten into with the dieting, you know, uh, overeating, um, if we can avoid the spirals, then it's super easy to sort of, quote, get back on track. Um, so those are some pretty big um, things to kind of help people um, just kind of get in, get in touch with those different emotions and feelings. I like how you said that every single meal is a chance to start over because a lot of times when people fall off the bandwagon, then they'll fix it on Monday. They'll start over on Monday. So you're, you're saying, no, you can start over at the next meal. That's totally fine. Exactly. Um, so if people wanted to start learning how to apply this intuitive eating framework, what are the, some of the first steps that they can take to help themselves out? Because it sounds like if you did all of it at once, it's going to be kind of overwhelming. So I'm sure there's like a stair-stepping uh, pattern to get people to start integrating it slowly into their daily lives. Right, right. And I think um, probably the first sort of mindset piece is just to really try to ditch the diet mindset in general. Like you're not on or off a diet, on or off a detox or a challenge or a cleanse, you just are. And then the second big, really big thing is to get rid of um, labeling food good or bad. Um, it's that sort of food food and morality piece where, you know, that's bad food or that's an unhealthy food. And food is actually innately just neutral. <laughs> only The only time it's good or bad is when we put those definitions on it. And so when we can stop putting those labels on our food as good or bad, it kind of takes some of the some of the stress off of us and it can allow us to make choices based on what we eat. I mean, I've done, I remember doing detoxes in the past where fruit was limited. And again, these are 
all of these programs have been helpful for me in many different reasons, in very different ways. I'm not bashing any sort of program at all. But when I came out of that program, I was literally scared to eat fruit. I was like, I can't eat fruit. It's going to make me fat. It's going to make me gain weight. And that's like absurd, right? Fruit is so nutritious and so healthy. It comes from the earth. It's a real food. Am I saying overeat it every day? No. But if my body's craving some fresh local seasonal summer berries right now, I'm going to, I'm going to eat them. I'm going to indulge that craving of my body. Right. So it's getting rid of that, that sort of food police, like that's good or bad. And just saying, okay, I'm going to slow down. And again, just really trying to get in touch with our body and what our body's asking for. And a lot of people will say, well, Katie, um, if you tell me I can have anything I want, well then hell yeah, I'm going to go grab some donuts and, you know, pizza for dinner. And, and so people, that's another reason people get scared because they think they're just going to eat all the bad things and gain all this weight. And the fact of the matter is it is important. Um, this is probably one of the most important things you can do when you are starting to eat intuitively is really eat, try to eat real food, try to eat as close to the food chain as you can. Um, it doesn't have to be perfect. But when we're eating real food, our bodies will crave real food. I always say we crave what we eat. So if we're eating a bunch of sugar, we're going to crave sugar. If we're eating a bunch of, um, you know, vegetables and salads, like our body continues to crave that. So if we can kind of say like, hey, let's just eat as much real food as possible. That's a really good starting place. Like ditch the processed stuff and the sugar and stuff. And it doesn't have to be super strict detox type, you know, levels. But just say, hey, like I'm going to really focus on eating real food. Um, once we're eating real food, then we can start saying, okay, do I need a little bit more carbs today? Do I, do, what is my body asking for? I'm, you know, I'm pretty full after this. I, I think I'm going to put the rest in the fridge or, you know what, I'm still pretty hungry. I had a pretty big workout this morning and I'm going to, I'm going to honor that need. And so it's really, I think the basics to start is sticking to the food chain, eating real food as much as you can. Um, and then getting the diet mindset and then that the food and the food and morality thing, like just like, say, hey, food is neutral, like food is neutral. And as soon as we take away that forbiddenness for people, um, it it kind of loses its charm, right? If there's something that you is in your pantry that is just forbidden, that's a no food, it's almost like the more we think about it, the bigger it gets, right? And so there's a cookie in there that you got for your kiddo or something, and you just can't stop thinking about it because you've, in your mind, forbidden it, or you've said it's a no food, we think about it and we think about it until it becomes almost overwhelming. And this is for some people. And then we ended up, we end up eating maybe like five of those cookies as opposed to saying, Hey, you know what? I think I want to have one of those cookies. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm going to move on or just say, Hey, I know those cookies are there. They're not good. They're not bad. They're not. Yes. They're not. No, they're just there. You know, sometimes we even forget that they're there when we're not obsessing. And so it's a lot of, I think that's a huge piece for people is to just take the, the good or bad, right or wrong labels off of food. So when you were talking about fruit, it made me think about my own eating patterns. And I noticed that during the summer, I like to eat, or during the year, I guess, I, I like to eat fruit in July and August. And that's kind mm -hmm. of about it. The rest of the year, I don't really want fruit. And mm -hmm. I'm assuming that part of that is, one, the food is a lot colder. And I tend to eat colder food in the summer because it helps to cool me down. But two, I'm a lot more active. And so it kind of helps give me a little bit more glucose into my system. And then when winter comes around, I'm a little slower because it's winter time. Uh -huh. And then uh -huh. I have warmer foods. I have more soups and stuff like that. So would that be um, an example of intuitive eating? Absolutely. And that's very um, 
almost primal. I mean, that is literally how we have evolved. We, when we eat seasonally, if we follow the seasons and what is fresh and available for us, um, you're going to be eating basically exactly how you said, right? And if you think about even, you know, like early man, when they didn't have grocery stores, you know, if they came upon a berry patch in July or August, first of all, I'm sure it would hit the spot because, you know, fresh and juicy and you're know, hydrating and all of those delicious things that fruit has. But also it's it's kind of preparing us for the colder months when we're not going to have those foods, when we maybe do need to put on a little bit of weight. That's traditionally how man evolved. So eating seasonally is very intuitive. And same thing, like I don't crave a crunchy, delicious salad as much in the winter when it's freezing cold. I, I crave those soups and stews and comforty slow cooker meals, which you couldn't pay me to eat right now. It's 100 degrees. <laughs> you know, I want those <laughs> smoothies and I want fruit and I want crunchy, cool salads. And so, yeah, that's very, it's a very good point. And when we're forcing ourselves to eat a salad in the dead of January and our body's like, no, I want this like delicious soup, then we need to honor that. There's, there's a lot to it. And there's a lot of evolutionary history to that too in our DNA. Yeah, talking about coming across uh, patches of berries, usually July, or August through October here in Washington, we have the mountain uh, blueberries that start to pop out. And whenever mm. we come across those when we're backpacking, we'll spend hours just picking and eating them because they're so oh. delicious. Yes. So, yeah, I definitely know that feeling where it's like, I need this right now. Yeah, I mean, nat <laughs> nature didn't get it wrong, right? When nature makes beautiful, delicious fruit that tastes so good to us when we come across it in a pouch in August. I mean, boom, that's like, that's the beauty of this world, this earth that we have and all the bountiful foods that we have um, available to us at the, the right seasons and the right time. So yeah, I think that's awesome. Can you talk a little bit about some of the intuitive eating practices that you do in your own daily life? Yes, absolutely. So for me, I, and I know you mentioned this when you were introducing me, I'm also a big proponent of intermittent fasting for health benefits. I think it can be really helpful for people to lose weight, maintain weight, um, longevity. That's a whole nother podcast. But when I mentioned earlier about things working until they stop working, um, and, and uh, intermittent fasting was something I really embraced for a while, probably about a couple, couple years in a, in a really successful way, um, until it stopped working for me. And when I say it stopped working for me, I started noticing that when I was breaking my fasts, uh, I was overeating, or um, it just didn't it just didn't, didn't seem to be working anymore. And once again, you'd think I would have learned my lesson. <laughs> I kind of forced it, and I was like, why, you know, why isn't this working? And, and I just, I realized some days, you know, my body needs breakfast or my body needs to eat a little bit more frequently or my eating quote window needs to be longer. And so the way I utilize um, that and any, actually anything in my sort of nutrition and diet right now is just really checking in every morning. If I don't feel super hungry right away and I feel like I could, you know, push my breakfast back a little bit, that might be a day I do a little bit of intermittent fasting. If I wake up and I'm hungry and I know I'm heading to the gym in an hour, like I'm going to have a really good breakfast that sounds good. And even, and I've, I've used this story a lot. So if anybody's heard me talking, they've probably heard me say this story, but um, this is a perfect example of how, of me intuitive eating. I, we went to breakfast um, at a really good local place, you know, really good quality food. And I remember thinking I really was craving something cool and crunchy and maybe even a little sweet. But in the back of my mind, I was thinking, nope, that's too high in sugar or you need to have, you know, eggs and bacon, low carb, more paleo-ish, you know. Um, 
But instead, I actually decided to honor my body's craving, and I ordered that it was like a house-made granola and a local yogurt. So it was very, I mean, it was still very healthy, but it was. It was the cool and crunchy and a little bit sweet that I wanted, and I ate it, I enjoyed it, and I moved on. Now, had I maybe said, well, no, I'm not going to give myself what I'm asking for because I don't think it's, quote, right. I'm going to have this more savory, you know, lower-carb breakfast, which, again, certainly healthy, perfect for whoever else, but for me that day, if I had eaten that and not honored what my body was asking from the sensations and the flavors and stuff, I guarantee I would have gone home and started to graze in my pantry or, you know, just pick at food because I hadn't given my body what it was asking for. So when your body is seeking a certain um, food or even we talk about seeking pleasure from food, like I gave it what it what it needed, what it wanted, and I was able to move on as opposed to giving what I thought it needed and then not being satisfied and sort of grazing the whole day. So I just really try to um, stay in touch with what my body's asking. Some days, some breakfasts, I really want that savory, you know, eggs and sausage and sweet potato fried up and coconut oil. It's delicious and it tastes so good to my body. It feels so good to my body. And some days, I want a yogurt bowl with chia seeds and frozen berries. It just, and and I'm okay with that. Whereas before I would have judged and I would have said, well, I don't know, that's that's dairy or that's, you know, too high carb or that's that fruit thing again. Um, so for me, it truly is a day-to-day practice. And I think that it has to be because like I said, our bodies are going to change every single day. And if I feel like fasting is, is serving my body this day, I'm going to do that. And if I feel like I need a little bit more food, I'm going to ask what it is that I need and honor that. And um, so it's intuitive eating is different for everybody. Um, and that's why it's kind of exciting and kind of scary um, because we really have to figure out what, how it's going to work for us and know that it's always changing. Yeah. I love that example too, how you could have just stuck to the parameters of a diet, but you felt completely in the opposite direction of what that diet would have been. So, and then you mm-hmm. followed your gut instead of that diet. So I love that, that example. Yeah. Now you have an intuitive eating audio program. Can you talk about that a little bit? I do. Yeah. I, um, was doing presentations and, you know, sort of workshops on intuitive eating here locally in Denver. And I just wanted to be able to get this information out to sort of my greater audience, um, my greater clientele who isn't local. So I put together basically that presentation in an audio format. And it's an introduction to intuitive eating and why diet dieting doesn't work. And we go into some other really interesting facets about, you know, the diet culture and specifically why um, the way the diet culture speaks, even specifically to women as opposed to men, it's it really it's it doesn't work at all. So we talk a lot about that, and then I go through um, nine fundamentals of um, intuitive eating, and I, I've mentioned touched on a couple of them um, here today. But really, how to approach it, how to understand it, how to give yourself sort of that self compassion and that self awareness that this can be successful for you. Um, for me, when I was able to get into my groove with intuitive eating, I actually lost weight. And I think it's because it was my body stopped. I stopped doing the deprive, deprive, super clean, and then swing to the other way where I was like, oh, screw it. I'm going to eat like all the things. And so that's not healthy either, right? We need to be really gentle with our bodies. Our bodies are sensitive, you know, creatures. Um, so actually, I lost some weight. I was sleeping better. I was happier. I was more present because I wasn't in my head so much about should I eat this? Should I not eat this? If I eat this, I'm going to have to exercise more tomorrow. Like 
I mean, the mental energy that some of us expend when we are thinking about food and dieting and our bodies and our weight, like it's a lot and it takes us away. It takes us away from our relationships. It takes us away from the work we're trying to do. Um, It takes us away from our life. And that's probably why I feel as passionately as I do about intuitive eating is, you know, the weight aside, like if we can free up that precious energy um, and be more present in our life and be happier and be more peaceful because we're not chained to this diet torture that a lot of us would describe as torture. Um, It's just, it's such a more peaceful place to be. And I think when we're more peaceful, you know, the cortisol in our body is lower. And like I said, we sleep better and everything just kind of settles down a little bit and we can just be a little bit happier, healthier, holistically um, in general. So I talk a lot about that in the program. Um, And it's just a, I think it's just a really nice introduction. I have a lot of like sort of journal prompts and there's a little worksheet that goes along with it to kind of just get, get things moving in your mind about what, you know, what this might, what all of these behaviors, if you're struggling with something like this, like overeating or emotional eating, like what that's all about, because it's usually not about the food. There's usually something a little bit bigger under there or, or different. And, you know, I always say we just need to ask ourselves, what is our relationship with food trying to t- show us or teach us? Because there's usually a bigger lesson there. Um, so if we can start to chip away at that, then we can start to to find some peace with our relationship with food and dieting and um, all that jazz. So, so yeah, we d- dive into that. It's a two-part audio. So you can listen, you know, when you're driving or folding clothes or whatever. And, um, it's just, and I also have a a Facebook group for people, whether or not you do the program or not, you can hop on that Facebook group and, and join for questions or support or whatever. So, um, it's fun. It's a, it's, it's a nice little program. And I'll have links to the audio program and the Facebook group on the show notes for this episode, which can be found at summitforwellness.com slash 52. And that program sounds like a pretty good value. So I definitely recommend people going to check it out. It sounds like you get a lot for for what it is. Yeah, it's I, I purposely made it very inexpensive. It's only I think it's only twelve ninety nine. So it's I mean, it's the cost of, you know, lunch. <laughs> um because I really feel strongly that people, if, you, if this is something you struggled with, I, I want you to know that there's, there is some relief out there and it's just really, um, I think valuable information. If, if nothing else, just to, like I said, get those wheels turning about your own, about what's going on with you and, uh, and all of this. So it's an ongoing journey. It's a lifelong journey, but the more tools we have, um, for the journey, I think the more successful we'll be. Right. And then you also have your website, katiegarsis.com. What all do you do at your website there? Uh, I have a blog and we do recipes. We do, you know, talking about stuff like this. Um, So kind of the whole, my, my sort of umbrella term is sexy, spiritual, insane, which means in a nutshell, how can we be healthy in our bodies? So feel good. How can we be healthy in our minds? And how can we sort of have that deeper connection with whatever our deeper connection may be sort of plugging back into our spiritual power outlet. I kind of call it the trifecta. So I um, talk a uh, on all those things on my site. I also have some coaching um, opportunities there. If you're looking for one-on-one help, I do a lot of this one-on-one. It's, you know, one thing to educate ourselves. It's another thing to like have somebody kind of walk with you, at least when you um, start your journey. I always say the best coaches have coaches and that's definitely been true for me. So i um, happy to chat with anybody, offer free discovery calls, which you can find on my site if you just want to connect for a few minutes and see if any of this is right for you. I'd be more than happy to talk. Um, so yeah, it's it's all there. 
Awesome, Katie. And you can also be found on your social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. And I'll have links to those in the show notes as well. Do you have any final thoughts that you would like to share with my audience? Um, I think just have compassion with yourself. And even if you feel like you know, you've had ups and downs in the past with eating or dieting or food. Um, just know that everything that you've, everything that's behind you is just a lesson and don't judge it. Don't be hard on yourself. Just, it's just almost like a data point, right? We learn from everything that we have done in the past and we take that with us. And all we can do is try to be better. We get to choose differently. Like I said, every day, every meal, um, educate ourselves, reach out to people that, you know, might be able to help you. Um, and just, have compassion with yourself and food is your friend. And once we make friends with food, a lot of, um, a lot of the strife and the stress can just kind of dissipate. So, um, that's all. I just want to encourage people to, to consider those ideas and, um, be kind to themselves. Awesome, Katie. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, sharing all that intuitive eating processes with my audience. I know a lot of people, people will appreciate it. And um, yeah, I definitely think it's one of those missing components that people don't really think about. Uh, so it's it's very important for sure. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And there you have it. If you find yourself constantly worrying about food, or if you're one of those people that goes on the next new diet trying to figure out what uh, what you can do to reach the goals that you are trying to achieve, then I highly recommend going and checking out the intuitive eating audio program that Katie has on her website. Uh, I think you'll get a lot of really good information and you'll learn how to start listening to your body and figuring out what it needs. Okay, next week we are going to have Lori Hammer on our show to talk about uh, different amino acids that we need in order to have proper function within our brain chemistry. So it was a, a really unique episode because we dive into the different neurotransmitters and how each amino acid helps with the production of these neurotransmitters. And we talk about how she is able to figure out what amino acids you need right when she is working with you. So stay tuned for that episode. And if you enjoyed this episode, then please go to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. Those ratings and reviews do make a difference in getting our podcast out to more people. So if you go to summitforwellness.com slash iTunes, it'll take you about five seconds to leave us a rating, and it would greatly help us out. Keep climbing to the peak of your health, and we will see you next time.